Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Sinister Soup. Today we have another featured author of the month for you. Um, our featured author this month is Janelle Schmidt, author of King's Warrior and the Minstrel Song series. Uh, King's Warrior is the first book of that series, and that's uh, the book we're primarily going to be talking about today. Also, the book we're going to share an excerpt from. So, uh, Janelle, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, King's Warrior and about the Minstrel Song? Sure. So King's Warrior is a book that I wrote um, for my family to read, for my dad to read out loud to my siblings. And um, he wanted an adventure tale. And I had two brothers in high school and a sister who was nine. So I really wrote it for families to read together, families who love reading fantasy specifically. And um, it follows kind of a large group of characters. So you have the kingdom of Aomai. And King Arnaud has become aware that there is an invasion coming from what is just known as the dark country. Nobody knows much about it. They just know that it's out there across the ocean. And he has been hearing rumors and seeing signs that this dark country is going to invade. And so he sends his daughter Kamari away, partially to keep her safe and partially because he wants her to go find a man that he believes can help them. Um, his name is Brant, and he was the king's warrior at one point, kind of a champion for the king, which is where the title comes from. So you have the Princess Kamari, who she's not real happy about being sent away from the action, but is kind of intrigued by this special mission that she's being sent on. And then you have the squire, Arayan, who is being sent to guard her, and he's kind of bummed about the whole thing because he wants to be in the battle. And then you have the old maid, Darby, who she's been watching the princess since she was little. And so kind of the story all starts out with this group traveling to go find this mysterious king's warrior and hoping that he can turn the tide of the battle that is coming. And along the way, they have many adventures and there are dragons and wizards and landscape that they have to navigate. And it's all very interesting. Mm hmm. <laughs> it's got all the classic fantasy fixings for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, quests, prophecies, magic swords, dragons, all the things. All the good stuff in there. Oh, yeah. I love that uh, I love that you wrote it for your family. That makes a lot of sense. Because uh, as I was reading it, I was like, well, I've been referring to it kind of to, to Travis as a Wheel of Time Light. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> it has a lot of uh, similar elements, but without like all the super dark violence and uh, descriptions of, of women's uh, bodies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I couldn't write that for my dad to read out loud. <laughs> no. Weird. To like, to like daughters and stuff. Yeah. That. yeah. Did, uh, are you a fan of the Wheel of Time though? Because Kamari reminds me a lot of Elaine. Oh, Domitrin. cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I did read the Wheel of Time books. I started reading them in high school. And um, and so they were still coming out when I started reading them, mm -hmm. which so I, I went through the whole I mean, I re I've read the whole series. I, I love the series. I, I am a little bummed that they got darker and, and less clean after book four. So I have mm -hmm. a hard time recommending them. But mm -hmm. um, but yes, I did. I my dad would buy them for me in college when they so I have a lot of the hardbacks, which is really cool. And, oh uh, yeah, with the I, original art. Yes, and cool. I went through the whole like waiting for book. I don't remember which one it was. I think it's 
Winter's Heart, right? Which, and just like the six years between like finding out what happened at the end of book nine or whatever. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I envy people who start reading them now and don't have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. It's <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite series for sure. And yeah, I've, it's a good one. I've had the luxury of reading them back to back to back. But nice. what are, what other fantasy novels inspired you uh, growing up? Um, well, definitely Lord of the Rings. I mean, my dad read us The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings when we were little. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I probably read The Two Towers 15, 20 times just by itself, which I guess is weird. <laughs> um, a lot of people, that's not their favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Chronicles of Narnia. Another big one was Lloyd Alexander's Chronicles of Prydain. Loved those. They're, they're very Tolkien light. So that's fun. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence Yep's Dragon of the Lost Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, then later, probably the, the like the Bulgariad and the Malorian by David Eddings. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed mm-hmm. those. Um, it was funny because I wrote the first book and let a friend at college read it, and he um, he said, "Oh, you have to have read the Sword of Shannara," and I'd never heard of Shannara. So, mm. so I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so I got to go check those out. So I, I did come to become a fan of those later, um, but I hadn't read those before I wrote the books. So, yeah, so a lot of those, kind of a lot of the older fantasy was, was what I grew up on. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting to hear because, I mean, I know I, I read a lot of more modern fantasy, and mm-hmm. but then I'll go home and, like, talk to my dad, and he always mm-hmm. talks about, I don't know if you've read Ursula K. Le Guin's um, oh, yes. Wizards of Earthsea. I love that series. And also the dragon. Oh man. Um, I don't remember the other one. Drag, dragon something, but I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to pick some of those old ones up. I bet they would really just increase my appreciation for the genre more. Dragon Lance. No, not dragon. No? Okay. Lance, but I think um, it's uh dragon riders of Pern. Dragon oh riders of Pern, yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's I haven't, ass. I haven't read those ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a short story by, um, that author or, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Anne McCaffrey. Anne McCaffrey. Anne McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of, it kind of leaves off on a cliffhanger. And I really was very bothered. I didn't realize it was a short story when I picked it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so when it just ended, I, I got bitter about it and decided not to read her again. <laughs> so. yeah. Interesting. So all these uh, inspirations we've been talking about are pretty rife with like violent and dark themes Mm -hmm. um so i was interested in how you set out to write for like a a young adult or even a child audience with in the fantasy genre which is rife with inherently violent themes and Mm -hmm. so how did you walk that line i always thought that i i always get irritated when people uh kind of look down on like uh younger writing to younger audiences because especially in fantasy and horror i'm like dude that's harder Mm-hmm. like it's easy to write horror for adults you mm-hmm. can you can get as like grisly as you need to, to to be terrifying but like with fantasy and horror and sci-fi which are always so rife with those inherently violent themes how do you walk that line well i think the important thing is to remember that you can you can leave a lot to the theater of the mind you know you're if you write a fantasy battle even if you write it completely clean and, you know, completely, uh, you know, just, just kind of describing it, you, you still run into the fact that your audience is going to fill in those gaps in their mind. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's interesting how, you know, kids, especially 
tend to gloss over a lot of that. It, it's it's a very different medium writing something that might be a violent than than watching it in a movie. I, I really noticed this in like the Harry Potter books versus the movies. The the movies everybody always says the movies just seem so much darker. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, but all of those things are in the books, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. reading about Harry writing, you know, his lines of, you know, uh, penance, right? And then realizing that he's writing in his own blood and etching it onto his hand, it, it's, it doesn't hit you the same way as seeing it. Mm-hmm. So so that's, that's you know, a place where you can kind of, it, it can seem less gruesome or less gory just, just because you're writing it in general. But I think also just not being overly descriptive. Um, I, tend, mm-hmm. I tend to try to, I want to show the heroism Mm-hmm. of of these characters i want to show that they are good at at fighting at at defending and protecting the people that they care about but also just showing that the way that they use violence is only to protect and only to defend mm-hmm. and that violence is not inherently evil you can use it to defend you can use it to protect mm-hmm. um, you can also use it to do horrible things but mm-hmm. making sure that it's very clear that when the good guys are engaging in battle or, or being violent and sword fighting and that sort of thing that they are doing it to protect and to defend, um, their loved ones, their country, their, you know, brothers and, you know, in arms Mm -hmm. and also just not being super graphic about it either. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is the big thing. (laughs) You don't need to describe, you know, anything. (laughs) (laughs) Blood spraying spraying across the floor. Yeah. 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 You you don't, you don't have to describe (laughs) blood and, and chopping off heads. You can just, you know, I mean, when, when you say, you know, Brant backhanded, you know, used a backhand sweep of his sword, you know, then you can just stop there and move yeah. on to the next person. You don't have to describe everything he did. So, mm-hmm. It's like the uh, Avatar The Last Airbender strategy mm-hmm. where they're like constantly doing these things that would definitely kill people. But you just mm-hmm. kind of everybody just gets knocked out. Right. Everybody. <laughs> yes. Everybody yeah. just gets knocked out. Yep. in this war right mm-hmm. well you, you see that too in like rapunzel uh, or tangled right i mean mm-hmm. have you ever held a frying pan because oh yeah <laughs> getting hit in the face with it would probably mm-hmm. kill you mm-hmm. <laughs> a cast iron frying pan <laughs> yeah. to the head would put you on ice so fast mm-hmm. yes, yes and yeah. i mean tolkien did a lot of that i mean if you notice in the hobbit now obviously peter jackson took um took a different route uh with the movies but in the books <laughs> You know, the Battle of Five Armies begins, and then Bilbo ends up getting bonked on the head and falls asleep for the rest of it. And so yeah. you know, he didn't really have to write it. <laughs> you know, just it, mm-hmm. he woke up and yeah, there was a big battle. <laughs> I wish I wish I would have fallen asleep during the movie version of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wish he could have got bonked on the head for that. Yeah. Oh, sadness. Instead, we all got bonked on the soul. I don't know. I love the movies, but oh, okay. I have I'm, okay. I'm weird. So uh, okay. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that'll be the end of our show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just got disinvited. (laughs) That is really interesting, though, how you I appreciate that you say like the protection thing, because I was going to ask the follow up question that I don't really need to now, but Mm. like to comment on it of. I feel like a lot of the times, even in adult fantasy, Mm. war can like they teeter on that line of like glorifying it versus like critiquing it and like speaking against the horrors of it uh-huh. where it's like a fight is described as like and wheel of time even does this as like a dance and right. it's like 
that kind of does, yeah, make it less aggressive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never like supposed to be a thing that you want to do is to kill people in your books. Like it's always used as protection. It's always used as defense. Violence is never the end. Mm -hmm. It's the way to sort of meet this good that you're striving for. I like that. Right. Yeah. And the good guys would prefer not to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but they can mm -hmm. if they if they must. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I believe that's one of the first things Brant tells Kamari when he kills somebody in front that's of her. Right. Mm -hmm. um, which leads well into this question. Uh, your story is uh, full of lessons. And mm -hmm. again, like reading it, uh, now that you tell me it was to be read to families, it makes so much sense because there's like a lesson around every corner kind of thing, um, which I thought was awesome. So some of the lessons are like the importance of leaving your comfort zone to take on new challenges, uh, that battle is not all glory and honor and also not something that you should uh, use as a first resort, that long journeys are difficult but worth the effort. So if you could have readers take away like one big main lesson from your book, what lesson would that be? Yeah, you, you sent me this question in advance and I've been thinking about it and it's, uh, it's hard to pick just one. Um, mm -hmm. but I think, uh, I think Tolkien probably said it best that, that there is, there is some good in this world and it's worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I think just the, I mean, good versus evil is, is kind of a, a constant theme, um, in, in almost everything I write. And just that idea that, that there are things worth standing up for mm -hmm. and, and, and you might, get you know criticized for it you might get verbally lambasted for it you might get you know you might actually have to put your life on the line but it is worth standing there and saying no you know th this is this is right and this is good and this is true and i'm gonna i'm gonna stand for it mm -hmm. so what would some of those uh key principles worth standing for be um i mean family is <laughs> kind mm -hmm. of a, a big <laughs> one um mm -hmm. for for me it's it's my christian faith um mm -hmm for, you know, truth, for, um, for justice, uh, for, for defending the weak, you know, I think, uh, that nobody is beyond redemption. Uh, redemption is, is another big theme that you mm -hmm. see in a lot of my stories and forgiveness. And so, yeah, I think uh, those would just be a few. Hmm. No, those are great. I love the theme of redemption. I think that's so important because it's it's easy to um oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It's easy to demonize people because they make a big mistake or something. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And we always need to remember that everybody can change for the better if if they have the right circumstances and the right people around them and and the and the uh, desire to do it themselves. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We we are not just the sum of all of our worst moments in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we have to be allowed to to move on. And I know that you know there there's it's funny you you watch movies and read books and there seem to be two two general ideas is one people don't change, and two is people can change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know mm -hmm. I think mean, it, it kind of depends on the person, but uh, but yeah I, I do I do believe that people can change. I believe I believe that people can be redeemed and. Um, that's why I love redemption arcs in, in stories. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good redemption stories. So. Yeah. What's, what is uh, one of your favorites? Uh, I was just going to ask that. <laughs> Probably Boromir. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's love, a great love, redemption. Love his. Yeah. Um, uh, I love that one. And and Zuko, a Zuko from from Airbender. You you mentioned that. We just actually finished watching that with the kids again. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, Zuko's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I always list Zuko as number one. Not yeah. even just in animation. In my oh, opinion, yeah. In like television history. Zuko. He is fantastic. Yeah. I cried at the end of Avatar. I yes. will. I'm not even ashamed to say that. <laughs> no, not at all. It was so, so good. Yeah. The yeah, last egg to cry is, is something. Yes. Yes. Oh, it it's is. great. Yeah. Who's who's yours, Travis? Oh, you just said Zuko. I huh? just said Zuko. Yep. Yeah, you 100%, said Zuko. 100%. Mine's mine's Jamie Lannister. Not that you guys asked. But... The book the book, right. <laughs> well, that? Oh, I said mine's Jamie Lannister. From Game of Thrones. I don't oh gotcha Game okay of thrones yeah gotcha um both both the book and the show i mean all until like season eight but i mm-hmm. i don't consider season eight as real <laughs> i have it blocked out of my brain yeah. i must confess i haven't even seen a minute of the show or read any of the books mm, ah. gotcha. right on <laughs> i mean they are they are good but they yeah? are dark for yeah sure. um but i mean it's my favorite fantasy series the, cool. the books are excellent mm-hmm. i definitely recommend them Good to know. But don't read them to your children. <laughs> um. yeah, no, I know enough about them to know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. George Martin did not write them for families. Um, but yeah. That's so fun. that is about 20 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to put us at the place where we're going to read an excerpt from King's Warrior. This will not be narrated by me, as we sometimes do on this show, because... King's Warrior already has an excellent audiobook narrator in Benny Fife. So we are going to get some audio from Benny, and we're going to hear his take on King's Warrior. Let's listen in. Grailden, King of the Dragons, mighty lord of the skies over Aomai, handed the golden sword to the mere man who stood before him. This one thing will I give thee. His voice thundered eerily in the huge cavern, resounding off the walls and shaking the floor. The words sounded strange coming off his tongue, for dragons are not accustomed to speaking with men. The dragon tongue, or Old Kraic, is an old language. It is the language of the sea and the land that existed at the beginning of time and remained unchanged throughout the years, unlike the language of men, which changed and developed countless times and continues to do so. Dragons understand and can speak the language of men, but they scoff at it, for it is a young and uneducated language. Its sounds are not nearly so grand as those of Old Craig, which has a melody like the waves rolling on the shore, and the thunder rumbling in the sky, and the earth shaking as it splits. The man knelt down before the great dragon, and held the gift in his hands reverently. I thank you for this, at least. The huge, green-scaled dragon gazed at the human before him coolly, but his golden eyes shimmered with something like laughter. Thinkst thou, little one, that I care so deeply about the affairs of men? Thinkst thou that I would come to thy aid and breathe fire upon thy enemies for thee, vanquishing them? No, in the way of my ancestors before me, I too shall let thee fight thine own battle. The man before him remained silent, as is proper and courteous before the dragon king. Although a king in his own right, Leon knew better than to anger a dragon. 
He sighed, his shoulders hunched and his form bent. His head sank lower and his face crumpled. His people now faced the greatest threat that their land had ever seen. The dark sails of Lycaelon had been spotted a few weeks ago, but they had not come in force. Instead, the enemy had crept in quietly and secretly in small groups, attacking outposts and then fading into the shadows. Fear reigned throughout the countryside, and King Leon had come to the dragons in desperation. And here King Grailden was refusing to come to his aid. But, Aomai is your home too. Will you let it be overrun by these dark warriors? Thinkst thou that we mythfolk care which human rules other humans? Should I come running to thee whenever a young dragonling challenges my authority? Lian blinked. Is that what you think this is? If thou canst not defeat thine enemies, then thou shouldst not be king. Lian stared at the floor of the cave, an angry flush rising across his face. He felt like a young boy who has just been reprimanded in front of all his friends for something he did not do. We have our own problems, human, Grailden said, his voice quieter. Lian looked up in surprise, meeting the great dragon's eyes, and seeing there a kinship he had not expected. After a moment, he nodded. This he could understand. He, too, had needed to deal with rebellions and would-be usurpers, and this he read in Grailden's eyes. The Dragon King was not telling him that he would not help, but rather that he could not help. However, Grailden continued, I tell thee this, the Fang Blade is no ordinary sword. Its deadly blade was formed from one of my own great teeth, and the handle was created from one of my own silver scales, and in its forging it was imbued with dragon magic. It will serve thee and thy descendants, and it shall neither break nor rust as other swords do. But know this as well. The sword has a will of its own, and it does not grant its holder magic but only brings out what is deep within him already. An evil man can do only evil with the fang blade, but a man of noble character and a good heart shalt be able to do mighty works with that sword in his hand. Be careful of whose hands thou dost allow the blade to fall into once thou art done with it. All right, that was an excerpt from King's Warrior by Janelle Schmidt. And that is the first book in the Minstrel Song series. Janelle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, where can lovers of your stories find more of your work? And what are you working on right now? Uh, where can we connect with you on social media? All that good stuff. Yeah, thank you so much again for having me, guys. Um, so you can find out. You can All of my books are on Amazon. Uh, you can you can search Janelle Leanne Schmidt and find all of them. I've got the four books in the Minstrel Song series, and then last summer I released a. Right now it's a standalone. Um, there may be other books in the series later, but it's called An Echo of the Fae. It's more of a middle grade fantasy um, adventure, uh, loosely inspired by Rapunzel, mm. and I have a couple of short stories that you can get for free 
and I have a children's Christmas picture book called Twas an Evening in Bethlehem. So that one's Ooh. fun too. Hmm. Uh, so, so kind of all over the map. And so, yeah, you can find all of those on Amazon, uh, ebook, paperback. A couple of those are in hardback, which is fun. And then you can find out more about my books at my blog, which, uh, website, which is www.janelleschmidt.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Facebook as Janelle Leanne Schmidt on Instagram as Janelle L. Schmidt because Janelle Leanne Schmidt was too long. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to keep it all consistent and then they threw me for a loop. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so those are kind of the main places where I hang out online is uh, my website and Facebook and Instagram. And uh, as for what I'm working on right now, I'm working on another five book series called The Turum Archive. And it's kind of a gas lamp fantasy so it's mm-hmm. sort of steampunk but not technically steampunk because there's magic and stuff and mm-hmm. um and steampunk fans tend to be a little possessive of their genre if you don't get it right so i'm not even calling yeah. it steampunk it's gas lamp mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's got airships and pirates and a wizard and robots and it yeah maybe elves and dwarves it didn't want to stay in one genre all five books are written and I'm just working through editing now and hoping to start releasing them early 2023. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, maybe we can have you on again when the uh, release for the first one is is uh, closer. That yeah, would that fun. would be fun. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Again, Janelle, it was wonderful to talk to you. Uh, the Minstrel Song series is very, very fun. So thank you for bringing some excellent fantasy into the world and and for taking some time to speak with us. You are welcome. Thank you. See you, Janelle. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. All right, listeners. That has been another featured author of the month. Go check out Janelle Leanne Schmidt. You can find her at all the links in the description of the episode. And uh, you'll be able to find me and Travis as well, wherever you would like to try to do that. Also, links in the description. Go yeah. check it out. Indeed. Well, thank you again for tuning in to support independent or self-published authors here at Sinister Soup. And until next month, I have been Clay Vermolum. I have been Travis Vermolum. And we are both still those people. Bye. Bye. <laughs>